there! Welcome to the Life Editor. This week we're talking about how to stay proactive instead of reactive, why you need to leap out of your comfort zone, and good reasons to take a nap today. Let's go! I'm Sage Grayson, a former book editor turned life coach. I help ambitious career women edit their habits, routines, and mindsets to balance their happiness at work and home. I'm a life editor, and so are you. Today, I want to talk about choosing to live a proactive life instead of a reactive one. All right, so let me tell you a story. I once had a truly miserable job. Like, no, really, it was... It was absolutely the job from hell. My manager went out of her way to criticize my work. My coworkers bullied me. Yeah, that was bad. And it felt like everyone in my department took delight in making my life miserable. It was a really, really dark time in my life. It was so bad that I became physically sick every morning. And I just got to say, I I love my husband, Chris, so much because he really, really took care of me during this time. And also during this time, I was having uh, several panic attacks per week that would cause me to just weep uncontrollably. And I was just begging the universe to make it stop. It It was absolutely the worst job I'd ever had. And... That's not exactly the picture of an unflappable life coach, right? (laughs) Well, I wasn't a life coach then, but I learned a really valuable lesson during that time, and it changed everything about how I view my life. And I certainly wouldn't be as an effective coach without having gone through this important transition. All right, I knew that I had the choice to live a life that is either proactive or reactive. And I chose proactive. Going back to this job, about three months after I had made the decision, okay, I'm going to be proactive, I was assigned a new friendly manager. Those bullies had stopped tormenting me. And I scored a new client that all of my coworkers had been competing for. That was really, really sweet. But also that very week, I accepted a position at a rival company with a $10,000 pay increase. So long, suckas! Proactivity is essential for getting what you want in life. And it's completely possible to turn around your situation no matter how bad it seems. Really, it was so bad for me and I was able to turn it around. All right, so here's how you can tell if you're being proactive or reactive. All right, simply put, proactivity is when you take control over your own life. And reactivity is when you act like a victim of your life's circumstances. If your behavior is proactive, you take measures to prevent bad things from happening ahead of time. You anticipate problems and you plan ahead to avoid them. Hence the the pro part. And when you're confronted with an obstacle, you just keep moving forward to get where you want to be. Obstacles are just a bump in the road and they don't slow down your trip. 
If your behavior is reactive, you blame others for the results you get. Uh-huh. You don't take responsibility for your past actions that led you to where you are right now. On the road of life, obstacles make you veer into oncoming traffic and flip upside down into a ditch. Ouch. <laughs> so here's the thing. Your response affects your results. Yeah, that your response affects your results. Obviously, proactive and reactive responses produce very different outcomes. At my terrible job, I was definitely in a reactive mode, and I thought everyone else was to blame. Yeah, I was pointing the finger at everyone else. It was my manager's fault that I messed up because she didn't explain what she wanted. The bullies were jealous of me, and that's why they undermined me. I never accepted the role that I played in the situation. Now, because I was blaming other people, <laughs> I didn't think that I had the power to change things. I felt hopeless, and I was just waiting for someone to save me just to make it all better. But when I shifted to a proactive mindset, I realized I did have the power to improve my work situation. Little by little, I made changes that pulled me out of that reactive spiral. Your life's not perfect. My life is not perfect. Nobody's life is perfect. And you are going to run into problems that don't fit into your perfect little schedule. Hmm, sorry to break it to you. But when that happens, I want you to try this exercise to reclaim your power. Get out a sheet of paper or your journal, and at the top of the page, write the specific problem you're dealing with. And here are some examples. Um, I hate my job. My business isn't making any money. My jeans don't fit. My kids don't listen to me. All right, so get that, write the problem at the top. Next, write down 10 proactive things that you can do to improve the situation and use I in your action steps, such as I can update my resume today, rather than statements that involve other people, such as my friend needs to take pity on me and give me a job at her company. Once you have 10 proactive items on your list, I want you to look at it and choose one that you can do today that can improve your situation no matter how small or insignificant it might seem. Then do it. Come on, people, do it. Being proactive means being laser-focused about making progress on your goals, whether that's to bring something new into your life or getting out of a mess. Baby steps, or little edits, as I like to call them, they count. Every little bit counts. In fact, nearly all of my achievements have come from the tiny, tiny, tiny actions I make every day. My proactive choices back in the corporate world included applying to other jobs, listening to positive music during my workday, writing in my aspiration journal, making a vision board, and believing with all of my heart that I already had the best job in the world. That wasn't easy, but I, I faked it till I made it, really. And I wasn't helpless. I wasn't helpless at all. And neither are you. This week, choose the proactive life. This week, I'm reading The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. 
I recommend this little self-development book more than any other book out there. I know there's at least, I don't know, 50 blog posts where I say, hey, have you checked out The Big Leap yet? <laughs> I just recommend it all the time. It's a small book. It's only about 200 pages, so you can definitely finish this in a day. But it's got a really big message. Basically, we're all stuck in our cozy comfort zones where everything is safe and normal. If we ever want to achieve a new level of success in the areas of our lives, then we need to be brave and take that big leap to reach that new level. And it's not always easy. I know you understand this. But the book describes that the toughest obstacle that most of us face at one time or another is called an upper limit problem. An upper limit problem looks like this. You're chugging along and you're doing your work and you're seeing real results. But just as you're about to have some big breakthrough and reach that new level of success, everything that can go wrong will go wrong. Dun dun dun. You're going to get sick. Your email will get hacked. Your kid will throw your laptop in the toilet. Your best client will stop working with you for no reason. Ugh. It happens. It happens every time you are about to achieve something amazing. Your ego is trying to protect you by keeping you in your safe little comfort zone. If you do the work and reach that new level, then you'll have more responsibilities and you'll be more visible and who knows what else. So you will consciously and unconsciously sabotage yourself to keep you at your current level. Your ego wants you to play it safe. Ugh. It's, it's kind of disappointing, right? But you can learn how to overcome your upper limit problem and blast through to the next level. I've done this many times and I know you can do it too. And the best resource that I could recommend to help you get there is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. So please go check it out. The easy edit for this week is to take a nap. If you're like most women, you're probably moving at 100 miles per hour from the moment you wake up in the morning to the second you crawl back into bed at night, utterly exhausted and drained. What else are we supposed to do? I mean, isn't that how it's supposed to be? We have our jobs, family obligations, errands to run, meetings to attend, dinners to cook, dogs to walk. We have to go, 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 go. But here's the thing. Zooming around from one task to the next is going to catch up with you eventually. The only way to do what you gotta do while avoiding burnout is to hit the pause button during your day. And by that, I mean you should take a nap. And there's this stigma surrounding people who nap during the day. I don't know why, but it bothers me. They're seen as being lazy or selfish and some people take pride in just being super busy. But nappers aren't lazy or selfish. In fact, they are more efficient, more focused, and more energetic than non-nappers. Yes, take it from me. And when I say nap, I'm not talking about one of those two-hour leave-the-planet snooze fests. You know what I mean. A nap that long will bring you into REM sleep and you'll wake up groggier than when you started. If your body really wants hours of sleep in the middle of the day, 
then that means you are not getting as much restful sleep at night. You might wanna try wearing one of those fitness trackers. I recommend the Jawbone Up 24. It tracks your sleep and it can tell you exactly how much deep sleep you are getting at night. A nap is usually 20 to 30 minutes long and can occur wherever you are comfortable. In your bed, on the couch, in a chair, or curled over your desk. Just set a timer, dim the lights if you can, close your eyes and take a few deep breaths. A nap is very light sleeping, but the benefits go deep. All right, so let's get into those benefits of naps. You will have increased focus after you wake up. Just plowing through your day when your body and mind are worn out is totally setting yourself up to make mistakes, and we don't want that. Napping will help you recharge and think more clearly when you resume your work. You'll be less likely to crave junk food and caffeine. Yeah, during that afternoon slump, and I know you recognize that, your body is craving energy, so many of us will turn to sugary or caffeinated snacks. But a nap will give your body real energy without the inevitable crash that junk food brings. Your problem-solving skills will be activated. If you're stuck on a problem and you can't come up with a solution, try taking a short nap because it'll give you time to rest your conscious mind. Meanwhile, your subconscious mind will perk up with answers that you might never have considered if you hadn't rested. All right, if napping has all of these wonderful benefits, then why don't more people take naps? Well, it goes back to the negative associations with napping, but I want you to push past your objections and give napping a try. And just because I know you're thinking, Sage, I'm not gonna take a nap. I'm going to talk to your objections because you really, really should. All right, so here are some objections you might have. I have kids. I'll sleep when I die. All right, I get it. Moms have the workload of like 10 people. And that said, you'll be a better mom to your kids if you're well-rested and able to attend to their needs. You've probably heard that you should nap when they nap. It might be tempting to do housework while the little ones are asleep, but a short nap will give you energy to get through the rest of the day while avoiding turning into grumpy mommy. I work in an office and there's nowhere to nap. I want you to see if you can find an empty conference room and take a quick nap there. If you drive your car to work, then you can nap in your car or park in a nearby parking lot for your nap if you don't want to be seen by your coworkers. I have too much to do. Napping will put me behind schedule. I get it, and this is a biggie because so many of us believe that continuing to work, even though we're tired, is just what we're supposed to do. We've come to expect that. But have you ever been so tired that you can't remember what you just read? Or worse, you made a mistake because you weren't focusing? Yeah. Do it for your coworkers, do it for your clients, do it for yourself. Take a nap. This week, carve out some time for a nap or simply let yourself take a nap whenever you feel your energy dipping.
That's it for this episode of The Life Editor. I'm Sage Grayson, and you can always find me at sagegrayson.com. This week, choose to be proactive instead of reactive. Check out The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, and go on, take a nap. Please remember to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. And if you have a question or topic I should cover on the podcast, please send an email to sage at sagegrayson.com. What will you edit in your life this week? Until next time, Life Editor.